Welcome to the Home Inspector Podcast, where we talk about home inspection business, marketing, and making lots of money. My name is Ben Gramico. I'm from Internachi. That's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors. And this show is for both new and experienced inspectors. This episode of the Home Inspector Podcast is about understanding some business laws and regulations. And we'll talk about um, advertising and privacy and emails and spam and things like that. So thanks for joining the Home Inspector Podcast. As a small business owner, you are subject to some of the laws and regulations that apply to big corporations. So in this episode, we'll help you understand which requirements apply to your home inspection business. Marketing and advertising your services effectively is a key to your success, right? However, all businesses have a legal responsibility to ensure that any advertising claims are truthful, not deceptive, and that your marketing activities don't break the law. So let's work on understanding the business laws and regulations, starting with marketing and advertising. Please review the InterNACHI Code of Ethics for Home Inspectors, and that's at nachi.org slash code underscore of underscore ethics. The Federal Trade Commission, FTC, oversees and regulates advertising and marketing in the United States. These laws can potentially impact many areas of your business, including how you label your products, how you conduct email, how you describe your services and telemarketing campaigns, and any health and environmental claims that you may make as well as how you advertise to children. You'll find useful links to resources provided by the FTC and guides that can help you understand these laws and how they apply to your business in InterNACHI's free online home inspection business course. Go to nachi.org education. Whether a business is an established global brand or a startup, effective advertising and marketing is a key to its success. All businesses have a legal responsibility to ensure that advertising is truthful and not deceptive. And no matter where an ad appears, it could be on your inspector website, uh, on the radio doing a radio ad, on television, a television commercial, on Facebook, on YouTube, in newspapers, in magazines, in the mail, or on billboards, or on your inspection vehicle, or on your business card, Get it? The same truth in advertising standard applies. The internet is connecting advertisers and marketers to potential clients, customers, from Boston to Bali with text, interactive graphics, video, and audio. If you're thinking about advertising on the internet, remember that many of the same rules that apply to other forms of advertising apply to electronic marketing as well. These rules and guidelines protect businesses and consumers and help maintain the credibility of the internet as an advertising medium. Advertising must tell the truth and not be misleading. In addition, claims must also be substantiated. What about advertising that you're code certified? InterNACHI's legal counsel, Mark Cohen, 
reminds InterNACHI members to be cautious in advertising themselves as quote-unquote code certified or ICC certified. He wrote an article, and it's available online at nachi.org slash code certified warning. And in the article, Mark Cohen reminds InterNACHI members to be cautious in advertising themselves as code certified. Cohen's warning comes in the wake of a recent court ruling in which a home inspector who marked himself as code certified was held liable to a customer for misrepresentation after a local government determined that the home he had inspected was not up to code. Training offered by the International Code Council can be beneficial to home inspectors, but Cohen says home inspectors should be careful not to suggest or imply that their home inspections will ensure that the residence is in compliance with all applicable codes. Cohen warns inspectors to use care in advertising their services, saying, Statements contained in an advertisement or on a website may form the basis for subsequent claims of misrepresentation by customers who did not understand the inspector's role. Let's talk about general offers and claims. The Federal Trade Commission Act allows the FTC to act in the interest of all consumers to prevent deceptive and unfair acts and practices. A representation or an omission or a practice is deceptive if it is likely to mislead consumers and affect consumers' behavior or decisions about the product or service. In addition, an act or a practice is unfair if the injury it causes or is likely to cause is substantial, not outweighed by other benefits, and not reasonably avoidable. Advertising must tell the truth and not mislead consumers. A claim could be misleading if relevant information is left out or if the claim implies something that's not true. In addition, claims must be substantiated, especially when they concern health, safety, or performance. The type of evidence may depend on the product, the claims, and what experts believe necessary. The internet provides unprecedented opportunities for the collection and sharing of information from and about consumers. But studies show that consumers have very strong concerns about security and confidentiality of their personal information in the online marketplace. Many consumers also report being wary of engaging in online commerce, in part because they fear that their personal information can be misused. These consumer concerns present an opportunity for you to build on consumer trust by implementing effective voluntary industry-wide practices to protect consumers' information privacy. For more information about protecting consumers' privacy online, the FTC has launched a very special site, and that's at ftc.gov. Do you use email in your home inspection business? Well, the CAN SPAM Act, and that's C-A-N hyphen S-P-A-M Act, a law that sets the rules for commercial email, establishes requirements for commercial messages, gives recipients the right to have you stop emailing them, and spells out tough penalties for violations. Despite its name, the CAN Spam Act doesn't apply just to bulk email. It covers all commercial messages, which the law defines as any electronic mail message, the primary purpose of which is the commercial advertisement or promotion of a commercial product or service. 
including email that promotes content on commercial websites. The law makes no exceptions for business-to-business emails. That means all email, all email. For example, a message to former customers announcing a new inspection service must comply with the law. Each separate email in violation of the CAN-SPAM Act is subject to penalties. So non-compliance can be costly. But the following law isn't complicated. Here's a quick summary of the CAN-SPAM main requirements. One, don't use false or misleading header information. Your from, to, reply to, and routing information must be accurate and identify the person or business who initiated the message. Two, don't use deceptive subject lines. The subject line must be accurate in how it reflects the content of the message. Three, identify the message as an ad. The law gives you a lot of leeway in how to do this, but you must disclose clearly and conspicuously that your message is an advertisement. Four, tell recipients where you're located. Your message must include your valid physical postal address. This can be your current street address, a post office box you've registered with the U.S. Postal Service, or a private mailbox. Five, tell recipients how to opt out of receiving your future emails from you. Your message must include a clear and conspicuous explanation of how the recipient can opt out of getting email from you in the future. Six, honor those opt-out requests and promptly. Any opt-out mechanism you offer must be able to process opt-out requests for at least 30 days after you send your message. You must honor a recipient's opt-out request within 10 business days, and you can't charge a fee for doing it. Seven, monitor what others are doing on your behalf. The law makes clear that even if you hire another company to handle your email marketing, you can't contract away your legal responsibility to comply with the law. Both the company whose product is promoted in the message and the company that actually sends the message may be held legally responsible. Inspectors who want to connect with prospective clients, as well as stay in the forefront of the minds of the former clients and real estate professionals, should consider creating an e-newsletter to email to subscribers every month. You must be careful not to send these contacts your entire e-newsletter unsolicited. They must opt in by actively subscribing using a link that you provide them that you get from your newsletter service. Otherwise, you'll be in violation of federal spam laws. It's also a good way to alienate potential clients and strain current business relationships. Busy people don't like to have their time disrespected by being sent spam from business contacts. Consider using InterNACHI's free customizable e-newsletter for inspectors to offer to their clients. Clients must subscribe, opt-in, to receive the newsletter. There's that feature. So for more information, visit natchiorg slash home hyphen maintenance hyphen newsletter. Here are the answers to some questions businesses have had about complying with the CAN-SPAM Act. Question, how do I know if the CAN-SPAM Act covers email my business is sending? Well, what matters is the primary purpose of the message. To determine the primary purpose, remember that 
An email can, can contain three different types of information. Commercial content, which advertises or promotes a commercial product or service. Transactional or relationship content, which facilitates an already agreed upon transaction or updates a customer about an ongoing transaction. And other content, which is neither commercial nor transactional or relationship. If the message contains only commercial content, its primary purpose is commercial and it must comply with the requirements of can spam. If it contains only transactional or relationship content, its primary purpose is transactional or relationship. In that case, it may not contain false or misleading routing information, but is otherwise exempt from most provisions of the can spam act. What are the penalties for violating the can spam act? Well, each separate email in violation of the law is subject to penalties and more than one person may be held responsible for violations. For example, both the company whose product is promoted in the message and the company that originated the message may be legally responsible. Email that makes misleading claims about products and services also may be subject to laws outlawing deceptive advertising. The Can Spam Act has certain aggravated violations that may give rise to additional fines. The law provides for criminal penalties for the following, accessing someone else's computer to send spam without permission, or using false information to register for multiple email accounts or domain names, relaying or retransmitting multiple spam messages through a computer to mislead others about the origin of the message, and taking advantage of open relays or open proxies without permission. So that's our episode of the Home Inspector podcast about understanding some business laws and regulations, including some spam stuff. Here's your little short checklist. Be truthful in your advertising. Don't spam. Protect your client's privacy. And use InterNACHI's free e-newsletter for your clients. And that's at natchiorg slash home hyphen maintenance hyphen newsletter. I'm Ben Gramico from InterNACHI. That's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors. And you've been listening to the Home Inspector podcast. And next time, we're going to get into uh, some really good topics about getting business assistance from InterNACHI, uh, inspection training and marketing services from the marketing department and education department at InterNACHI. So I'll see you next time on the Home Inspector podcast. Bye. Bye.